0: Labor Day has come and gone. Fall has officially started and the hockey season is right around the corner. In fact, by the time you hear this, there would have already been hockey played on PNC Ice. But we'll get to that. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. I'm your host, Colin. Today we've got a jam-packed episode going over the Carolina Hurricanes season preview. And in this episode, I will talk about the past a little bit. I'm sorry, it's what we do here. We'll also go over my roster predictions, which will most likely not be right, but neither were yours, so suck it. Uh, I'll go over what's changed and why I think it's significant, and then I'll dive deep into not only my expectations, but the fan base's expectations for the Hurricanes moving into this season. Near the end, we will also go over some news of the week, because it's, you know, September, so we actually have news. Before we get into any of that, I want to take us back to April 4th, 2019. The Carolina Hurricanes had just defeated the New Jersey Devils at home. On Ice reporter Mike Maniscalco was sitting down on the bench to interview Netminder Peter Marazic. Peter, let me be the first person to say this here in an interview. Congratulations on making the playoffs, Peter Marazic. Thanks, Bob. We're in! We're in! Yes! Yes! I'm sure most of you at this point know this sound. This sound signified an entire band base's relief after a lost decade of Hurricanes hockey. For me, I, I still get chills, and I know how weird that sounds, but I still get chills to this day when I hear that. I remember that game specifically, I remember the feeling specifically, we made it, we're in. And I realize that's exactly what he's saying, but that's how it felt to be everyone. Peter Morazic personified what it meant to be a Hurricanes fan in that moment. Since then, expectations have changed. We are no longer David going up against Goliath. We are Goliath. And I wanted to point this out at the beginning because I think it's something we should all start thinking about more and more and more. I brought it up during the brief history of Hurricane Sweaters, which was really... My opinion on Tom Dundon as an owner, but you know, I had eyed it. We are in the middle of a magical time for this team. I'm not saying it's we're gonna win the cup, although stay tuned. Um, but I am saying that this is different. This is something like this is a special moment. 20 years from now, we're gonna talk about this time, and even if we don't win a cup, it's gonna be something. We didn't win a cup in 2002. It still comes up. We didn't win a cup in 2009 still comes up. I just want everyone to think about how we are living through the revitalization of this franchise, of this team. This team is relevant. This team is a contender. This team is starting to get the respect it deserves. Will it always get that? No. Will it always be relevant? No. That's that's not how sports leagues work. It's a roller coaster. You'll have good, you'll have bad. And we've been up at the top for a while now. And I just want everyone to realize this and start soaking it in. How good it feels to be a gangster. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster ass nigga plays his cards right. A real gangster ass nigga never runs his mouth because real gangster ass don't start fights. I'm sorry, I just couldn't resist. But it's important for us to live in this moment and recognize that we are not the team pre-dundant. This is now, this will start the fourth season of, full season I should say, of Tom Dunton ownership. It's the fourth season of Don Riddell as the general manager, and it's the fourth season as Rod the Bod as our head coach. And I just would hate for people to not live in this moment, because this will end. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not a permanent thing. So live in this moment. Be excited. Be there. Go to the outdoor game. Go to as many home games as you can, and if you can't go to home games just participate participate with your fellow fan because these are the years these are the years that make us want to be sports fans so don't miss out and speaking of missing out let's go over my projected lineup for the season and since we will be galaxy braining this because at this point absolutely no one including rod and don at this point really know what the lineup's going to be we will have to enter the observatory now for those of you who don't know when we galaxy brain we go to the observatory Let's go. Welcome to the observatory. Please leave all hot takes on you at all times, and let's get into it. Hold on, let me close the door. Okay, that is so much better. Now, before I dive into this, I'm going to start with the forward group, because, you know, that one's much easier to do at this point. And I'm not going to number the lines. I'm going to name each line after the center because Rod Brindamore doesn't number his lines, and I'm, you know, and Rod we trust. I'm not going to doubt him at this point. So the Aho line in my head is going to be Jarvis on the left, Aho at center, and Vinen on the right wing. I have seen in several places that Vinen isn't going to play with Aho, and that's just stupid. Like I, I don't want to tell you if you think that's true. Breaking them apart would ruin the chemistry they have. And I think Jarvis has earned his, I don't want to say fourth line, but top line position. And unless someone shows in training camp that they deserve it more than him, they're not going to take it from him. Rod is a player's coach and would never do that. And then the second line, the KK line or Kakanyemi line, I have on the left ring, Stastny, then KK at center, and then on the right ring, Svechnikov. I know a lot of people still don't have the faith in Kakanyemi. And I see it. I understand like in my head why you don't. But I also think you need to have more trust in management and the development potential of the player. Montreal is not good at developing. Just straight up they haven't been for a while now. And you cannot expect Kakanyemi after one year to be this superstar who's scoring 30 goals a season. You're going to have to let him get acclimated to our system, to our team, to his teammates. And writing him off so early is just foolish to me. And I know a lot of people think that Stastny is going to be our number two center. And I just don't see it. When you look back on what Don Waddell was saying publicly about the needs of the team after the bronze trade, and this was before Pacioretty was known, is that they were looking for a winger. They weren't looking for another center. Our center depth is already insane. So I don't see why they would have brought Stastny in after deciding that they didn't need another center. That's that's just my mind frame on that. As Dundon said... I'm sorry, Waddell, not Dundon. But Waddell said that they needed a winger, and they brought in Stastny to play the ring. And then we're going to drop down to the Jordan Stahl line, which, I mean, he's it's going to be him and Faust. I'm I'm not even going to do that. But also... I'm thinking Jordan Marnuk, and follow me on this one. Jordan Marnuk can do nitty-gritty. He can be shut down, which is what we need without need or need or right or Marnuk's not afraid to throw a hit, Marnuk's not afraid to get hit, and Marnuk will board battle when needed, which is what that line is for. The real reason Rod doesn't like to number his lines is because he doesn't do top line versus top line. He sends out the line that's gonna be the best matchup, and I understand that a lot of coaches do that, but think back to the Boston series. Who went against the Bourgeon line? It wasn't Aho. It was Jordan Stahl, Neder Niederreiter and Jesper Faust. And I think that Marnuk can fit well into that. I don't think he's gonna be as good as Niederreiter was at it, but if you need someone to help shut down, I can see you slotting Marnuk into that position. Now we're gonna drop down to my Jack Drury line. Hear me out on this one, because this is where I'm really getting Galaxy Brainy. But, so, Drury at Sinor, Andre Kasha on the right ring, and then on the left ring, Martin Natchez. Now listen to me on this one. Listen. Listen. Hey, listen. Imagine if you could have Drury and Natchez swap Sinor responsibilities early in the season. If this is still happening after game... I don't know, like 25, I'll probably be a little upset. But imagine in the beginning, giving Natchez that opportunity he's wanted to play Sinor and being able to swap him around with Drury. I'm just saying, that's that's the conception of that line for me, is that it would be easier to draw, to swap Natchez and Drury than it would be Kakaniemi in Natchez because second line responsibilities, or Jordan in Natchez because Natchez is about speed. He's not about defensive play. And absolutely no offense, Natchez does not just belong on the Ajo line. And then we're going to just go over the goaltenders of Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta. They're not going to change. I've, I've seen a lot of people say like we should trade Ranta, and n- no. like They won the Jennings Trophy last year. I have full faith in that goalie tandem. I don't believe it's a 1A, 1B situation, as a lot of people like to phrase it as, I think Freddie Anderson is the starter, and Auntie Ranta is the backup. But if, you know, you're comparing backups here, I'd much rather have Auntie Ranta than Alex Nedeljkovic. Sorry. I know a lot of people are going to see that as a cardinal sin, and I just don't. So, let's move to the blue liners. The top line, super easy. It's going to be Jacob Slavin and Brett Barnes. Brett Barnes was brought here to play on a line with Jacob Slavin much like Tony D'Angelo was and Dougie Hamilton was. And both of those players had career years while alongside Jacob Slavin. Jacob Slavin, the best defensive defenseman in the league, will give Brett Burns the opportunity to take as many shots as he possibly wants. But we'll get to that. And then the second defensive pairing, I mean, again, this, this is a complete carbon copy for the past few years now. It's going to be Brett Pesci and Brady Shea. There's no need to fix something that ain't broken. And then the third one, I, I struggled with so much. You guys have no idea. I've spent days thinking about Gardner and Bear and Coglin And just, I, I honestly, I'm so happy not to be an NHL general manager, especially Don Riddell, because I, I have no idea what you're going to do. And then Chatfield is, you know, working his way up. I, I don't know. I, I don't know but my idea here is a healthy Gardner and a Coglin on your third line mainly because if, if a Jake Gardner is healthy and can play near his old standard imagine having pp1 quarterbacked by Brett Burns and pp2 quarterbacked by Jake freaking Gardner i would i would love that and personally the Power play never passed the eye test for me last year. I know early in the season we were up there um, and referenced other teams, but it, it never it never really seemed to get going. And then ultimately we paid for that. But imagine if it's Jake Gardner and Brett Brards. I Some goals will happen. And it's funny because if you actually look on Cap Friendly, they have Jalen uh, Chatfield penciled in as an NHLer. And I'm I'm not sure. I know. Listen, I'm not saying it would be a bad thing if he ultimately makes it. To be quite honest, I don't see a bad option here. And in fact, as I'm doing this, the news has broken that Calvin DeHaan has signed a PTO with the team. And I, I'm not mad at that. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't what? Uh, I again. I'm. There were three currently three open spots on our blue line. So the bottom pair, and then a seventh defenseman. And oh my god, is the competition stiff this year. We were already a defensive juggernaut of a team. It's it's pretty much what Rod has been known for, including as a player. He was a two-way player. Jordan is a two-way player, and we we rely on our defense to do a lot for us. And the competition to be a part of that defense this year is going to be stiff. So we have Ethan Baer, who just signed his extension, and. This one's tough for me. I like Ethan Bear, and I know he played well before he got COVID, and then by the time he got back, you know, it's it's the middle of the season, and he's now a step back, and everyone else is playing at their highest levels, and that's just not going to work out. You're not going to perform well. But I don't know if we still have a place for him, at least not this year. And... With Chatfield, absolutely no disrespect. He has earned a chance at the NHL roster, and I guarantee you he will play NHL games this year. But he has two more years, so honestly, why not wait until next year and keep him in Chicago. I know, I've I've made many of Cardinals' sins during this podcast. We're, we're like 15 minutes in, and I... I've already gotten multiple people to turn their podcast off, uh, talking smack about Nadelkovic and saying Chatfield shouldn't be on the team. But I just don't see it. If Drake Gardner is healthy, and he can play near where he used to be able to play, there is no reason not to keep him on the roster. And with Pacioretty on LTIR through February or March, we need to find about two more million dollars. Well, another two million dollars, I should say to make sure that we can clear a cap once he comes back off. And guess who just so happens to make $2.2 million? It, it's one Ethan Bear. So while we'll not trade him, maybe get some assets for the AHL team or just draft picks that we can use. I don't know. Again, galaxy braining it. I just don't see him staying. I hope you have enjoyed your time in the observatory because it has a weird smell and it's cramped and I just need to get out of here. Okay, back in the good old home office. Now we're going to talk about what's changed and why I think it's significant. The first part being Barnes and Pacioretty. Those were our big two offseason moves. And it, I don't want to cry over spilled milk. I'm not a child. I get that. It's, it is what it is. We're going to have to deal with patches. But oh my god, would I have loved Pacioretty on the stupid ring. But no, he's injured and we have to wait and it's going to create all these type of shenanigans we have to pull, and whatever. So, I'm not upset, but I'm totally upset, and we're going to move past it. We're going to move straight to breadboards. And I've talked about it before, but I think Brett Bourne solves a problem for us. A problem that I equate with Ted Lasso. If you've seen the show, you'll know why. We do too many extra passes. It feels like everyone's looking to get the other guy a goal, and no one's looking to just... Bury the Puck, and Brett Bourne's is known for taking shots. Honestly, I I hope it's something that rubs off on everyone. Shot, 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 shot. This episode is really going off the rails. But next, I wanted to talk about Kakanyemi. And while, no, he's not new to the team, an Uno Accord lets you know about that, he is new to his role at second-line center for the Carolina Hurricanes, and I, I want to look at his numbers because I think this move is actually going to work out a lot better than a lot of people think it will. We'll take a quick look at his stats from last year. So he played 66 games. He had that low body injury that took him out for a little less than a month. He had 29 points for an average poor game of point. Four three nine with an average ice time of 12 minutes. And all of this matters because I want to compare him to our second-line center from last year, Vincent Trocek, who played 81 games, practically a perfect season, with 51 points for a point-per-game average of 6.3... No. <laughs> wow. .63. Again, episode off the rails. But .63 is obviously higher than Cockney And there's many of reasons for that at the beginning of last season he was on the wing and he you know moved around from the top line second line third line but didn't get down to the fourth line until they put him back at center so he was at he was i don't know however you want to call it hitchhiking through the lines for 12 games at the start of the season and this stat is completely lifted from Kane's country just so everyone knows um, in those 12 games he only got 4 points including a single goal for a average point per for an average point per game of point two three, which is, you know, not good. I'm supposed to support the team, but I just want you to know that it's in fact not good. And eventually Rod would make the decision to put him at center on the fourth line, and that's where he stayed throughout the season. But I don't want to look at the whole season, actually. I want to look at 12 particular games, and this stat is completely lifted from Kane's country, so let's put that out there to begin with. But 12 times last season, did Kakaniemi play 14 minutes or more in a single game at center. And in those 12 games, he had 7 goals and a total of 14 points, for a point per game average of 1.16. And yes, this is circumstantial information, and yes, it's cherry picked to make my point, but... You know, welcome to my show. So this is what I do here. Just look at the numbers. When he switched from wing to center, his production level almost doubled. And then when he played for 14 plus minutes rather than his average of 12, his production almost doubles again. Are you really still going to sit there and say that Cock and Yemi is not going to work out? Because truthfully, you don't know. And when you look at the numbers, it looks like he totally could. So calm down. Your expectations probably need to be adjusted. But that's cool, because we're actually about to talk about expectations, so you can, you know, align yours with mine or fellow listeners of the show. We're going to talk about a few different expectations. I'm going to continuously say that word. It will slowly drive me insane. Will any Hurricanes players break out this season? Will the team make the playoffs and win its division and or the President's Trophy? How far will the... Not or, you can't... Lose the division but win the Presidents' Trophy, I just I just shouldn't be recording episodes after work anymore. This is, anyways, okay. And how far will the Canes get into the off season? Of course, I have my own opinion that I will sprinkle through, but mostly I want to share the opinion of our fellow Caniacs. The first question is: Will there be any breakout players? And yes, of course there will be someone. But the nominations are Kachanemi, Jarvis. Natchez, and Jordan Stahl. Kakenyemi, for the reason I spelled out earlier, he has a lot of potential and could actually do very well within his new role. Seth Jarvis seems weird to me. I guess I shouldn't say seems weird, but the stereotype here is a sophomore slump. And in Jarvis's case, he actually had a breakout season last season, getting 40 points in his rookie campaign. With Natchez... It's just a little bit of a different story. Nature's story goes back to his end-of-season press conference, which we covered before. And a lot of people assumed that he was unhappy because he wasn't getting time to play Sinor. And I'm sure there was a part of him that is unhappy because he hasn't gotten to play Sinor. But that was way overblown. And this off-season, he's been releasing a lot of photos of himself putting in the work, doing new skating drills and strength training and stuff like that to bulk up. And a lot of people think that, you know, he's going to try to prove that he deserves to be an NHL center. With Jordan Stahl, it's actually on a slightly sadder note. We talked about earlier, well, multiple times now, actually, that this is the last year of Jordan Stahl's monster contract, and there has been speculation that this could be his final season in the National Hockey League. And he said again, in his postseason interview that he wanted to go out on top. And you know the best way to go out on top? Winning a con Smythe on the way to a Stanley Cup championship. Speaking of the playoffs, will the team make the playoffs, win the division, and a, mm, I really almost said Oregon, or a President's Trophy? The consensus around this one is actually kind of interesting to me. It's no to the division and president's trophy, but of course, yes to the playoffs. There is a 10% or less chance of us not making the playoffs. Something drastic would have to happen. But the general idea through the fan base that was communicated through, you know, the postings was that we'll probably take a step back. We won't threepeat on the division championship, but it will turn into a longer playoff run. In fact, the answer to the question of how far will the Canes get into the postseason was pretty much the same across the board. The Canes would make it to the Eastern Conference Final. You had a handful of people that said Cup or Bust, which I think it's a bit premature. There there will come a time, but for right now it's a bit premature. But almost everyone said Eastern Conference Finals which really shows the expectation. The expectation is to at least reach the Eastern Conference Finals. For my answer to all these questions, I mean, you should basically know them after listening but will there be a break- breakout player this year? Yes, it will probably be KK. I would say it would be Jarvis, but Jarvis already had his breakout year. This is him proving that he won't have a sophomore slump, or he could take a giant leap and prove me wrong. But honestly, that would just make me happy, because that means the team's better, so hopefully he does. The next one, will the team make the playoffs and win the division and the President's Trophy? Of course they'll make the playoffs. They're most likely not going to win the President's Trophy. And I would probably put it on 50-50 odds at this point that they would win the division again. And I I wouldn't necessarily say that they will get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I guess that's yet to be seen. I, I really want to see how the th- fourth line works out. For the forward group, and what matchup they're going to create for the final pair within the seventh D man, because that's literally at this point anyone covering the team is throwing a dart at the dartboard for that, especially with Calvin DeHaan on the PTO. We like they literally just threw another wrench into it for us. Oh, hey, you're a YouTuber or a blogger, or you just run a Twitter account covering our team, which sucks. Every prediction you've made so far is now useless. Wearing son of a- My expectations here align with the fan base, except mine also go a little bit farther. I expect that they should make the Eastern Conference Finals. They should do that. And if they don't, a lot of questions need to be asked moving forward. But if they do, then whatever. We're never going to talk about that ever again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Home Ice Advantage. Please, if you've made it all the way through, share it with a friend that forever helps the show. You simply sending it to one person helps the show more than you can ever imagine. You putting it on Instagram helps even more than that. or Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or whatever you do. I, you know, no judgment here. Follow us on shoulderter media. You know we have the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter while you're there. Check out our merchandise, links in the bio. The day this podcast released, I will actually be recording an episode of the SorgeCast with Zach and Bailey. So look for that. I will share it on social media once it's released. So I guess follow along there. And then I will be recording another podcast later that week, which hasn't been announced yet. I'm also announcing our new voicemail phone number, 919-278-7057. Once again, 919-278-7057. Go ahead and call us, leave us a voicemail with whatever random hurricane thought you're having, and I'll use it on the next episode. The team won, and you want to celebrate. I'm here for you. The team lost, and you want to complain. I'm here for you. You've had too many storm brews, and you think Stormy's actually talking to you. I'm here for you? I'm going to have a lot of questions, but I'm still here for you. So go ahead and give us a call whenever, leave us a voicemail, to be on the next episode. Once again, it was 919 278 7057. I will also be putting things out there every once in a while, like random questions same walking on an episode of the podcast. For instance, today's would have been Will there be a breakout player? Will the team make the playoffs? How far will they get in the playoffs? And you could leave a voicemail and then your audio would appear in the show instead of just your general ideas. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys next week. Don't forget to check out the two podcasts I'm on this week. Call the phone number, save it in your phone so you have it. I'll see you next time, 919-278-7057.